Victory for the Forsaken. For Lordaeron. For the Kirin Tor. For Pandaria. For Kalimdor. To the Burning Region. For Gilneas. For Kazmatan. For the Lich King. For the Sindorai. For the Alliance. For the Horde. For Azeroth. This episode of For Azeroth is brought to you by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash faz. Faz will always be free, but if you enjoy the content we produce, consider becoming a patron at patreon slash faz. That's F-A-Z. Steve, thank you again for uh, taking the time out of your day to answer some of my questions and the questions of the community. I know you've got a busy day ahead of you, so I will uh, try and make this as uh, quick as possible. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I love uh, love to see the excitement so far uh, for Dragonflight and uh, can't wait to answer your questions. Yeah, I mean, we've already got memes and names going out. Uh, Stony Tony, which is, I believe, actually supposed to be Watcher... Hazanoff? I forget the name at this point. Coronos. Uh, Coronos. Yeah. There we go. Uh, he's still going to be Stony Tony for me for a while yet. But you may have another Zappy Boy on your hands. <laughs> yeah, people, uh, people right away were uh, tweeting out, I would die for him. <laughs> uh, so uh, that, was, that was fun to see. Yes, he was an immediate uh, champion of Azeroth, as it were. So I guess my first question then is... Um, because we had all these watchers that were left behind and fell into ruin at the beginning of the cinematic, is uh, Watcher Karanos going to be our kind of guide through this expansion, much like Bolvar or uh, Magni were before him? Well, he's he's certainly got a role to play as as kind of this last survivor of that group that was put into place to be watching the shorelines, you know, waiting for the for when the time was right to to light the beacon and signal the dragons home. So he, I think he will. Uh, you'll see that he has uh, uh, one uh, special place within the hearts of Alex Straza and some of the other dragons. So he'll certainly be uh, a presence there in Tearhold. We'll have him in in questing, and we'll get to know him better, and and he'll have some insights. Uh, because he was around for all that time long ago when this was the pinnacle of the dragon's kingdom. So we'll get to uh, know him better, get some knowledge from him. Uh, he won't be directing everything in the same way that, you know, Cadgar did in Legion or or things like that. But he'll definitely be a presence. And I think I think fans will enjoy the time they get to spend with him. Awesome. OK, so then. Because he lit the beacon and the dragons came, we're now seeing the return of those primary flights, like the red and bronze dragons and so forth. In the video, you said that they uh, felt it in their bones that call back to the Isles. Will we be seeing any of the offshoot flights? Did they have that same sort of call? So the flights like the Chromantic or Netherwing, are we going to see those in the expansion as well? Yeah, when, whenever we set out to to 
tell an expansion story. We we always think of big themes, themes that will resonate throughout the storyline, throughout the content, throughout the systems. And one of the big themes for Dragonflight that we we fixed on right away was legacy. So dragons have this tremendous history throughout the the lore of of uh, of the world and through its history and a lot of bad things have happened to them over that time. And there've been lots of changes. So when they left this land, there were only five flights of dragons. And uh, one of them was already splintering off and, and causing all kinds of chaos. And in the years since then, they discovered that other flights had either sprung up due to uh, unforeseen events or through the manipulation of Deathwing and others. And so now as they return to the Dragon Isles, just even the what it means to be a dragon has changed over the years as well. And so this will be a time for reflection and, and thought on, on the part of Alex Straza and the others, because they're going to have to face that question of like, should we reclaim the legacy that was and put things back to how they were before? Or should we think about a new kind of future? And should we include more voices at the table? And that's going to be part and parcel of a lot of the, the storylines and the 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 quest lines that unfold as you play through the expansion okay so with this like re reestablishing what it means to be a dragon and their new role or returning to an old role in the past um that really shows that sense of exploration not only in the physical sense of exploring this new land but exploring your place in the world in general but as as players we're coming mostly from the alliance and horde from from these newer races that have found our place and helping the dragons out so are we going to be dealing with a sort of main antagonist through this or is it going to be a sort of uh medley of different of uh, different adversaries well there certainly are no shortage of adversaries uh in the dragon isles and some you know they vary in in scope in terms of local threats uh, like the Knolls that largely plague the Azure Span and the Tuskar settlements there. That'll be a nice story that you'll get to, to dig, dig into. And it's more of a local story where you get to know at the ground level some of these personalities and, and what the effect of this conflict is on the families and uh, that live uh, among the Tuskar. Um, but there's other adversaries that are bigger in scope. The Jardin are a bigger threat across multiple areas. There are these kind of elementally infused uh, half-giant dragon hunters that have a long history of enmity with the dragons and, and, and hunted them long ago and are seeking to reclaim lands that, uh, that the, the, the dragons would like to take as well. So that's one source of conflict. But one of the, the, the biggest thing that we'll be delving into in terms of adversaries is as we learn about the history of this place, um, we'll find that there's a lot that we don't know about dragons. You know, a lot of the, the history that was presented in Chronicle has huge gaps in the timeline of what happened um, to the, the dragon flights. And what we'll find is that following the time when the aspects were first made, when these first, what we now think of as proto-dragons, these kind of more savage versions of dragon kind, were infused with the magic of the Titans and kind of uh, in their eyes, uplifted to become the aspects, we'll find that not all of Dragonkind that existed felt like this was a good idea. There were some who, unlike the aspects and their followers who embraced the Titan's gifts, there were other dragons who said, no, we should remain unfettered. We shouldn't be making deals with these with these powers and 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 letting them change us. We should we should find our own destiny in this world. And 
um, what started off as a philosophical difference long ago grew into hard feelings and resentments and resentments led to conflict and conflict led to war. And so there was this war that enveloped dragonkind um, on the one side, the aspects and their followers, and then the other, these primal dragons who turned back to the elements to infuse themselves with their strength. And we'll find that the leaders of this primalist movement uh, were, these, were these four dragons who were the incarnates of the elemental forces that they had embodied. And they were on par with the aspects. And it took all the coordination and, and skill of the aspects working together to ultimately defeat and imprison these primal incarnates. And now, as the Dragon Isles are awakening again, those old foes are in danger of being released into the world. And the aspects gave up their power to defeat Deathwing, so they're at a disadvantage. So they're going to have to find some way to try to contain this threat, and failing that, some way to overcome it. And they'll definitely need the the help of their mortal allies in that regard very cool so then i guess that sort of led into the first raid where you have that ancient uh prison that you have shown on your site as well um i guess the next part of it is that because the dragons having given up their power they have always had this connection with tear who was the first one to recognize them and the other uh members of the pantheon now that they've lost that power, are we going to be exploring their connection with the with uh, the Pantheon of Order, with the Emerald Dream and life, in terms of like exploring their connection with the cosmos? Yeah, the dragons have always had that link to the Titans, thanks to their origins. After banding together with Keeper Tear to defeat Galakrond, uh, he was the one who advocated that these five primitive dragons be infused with order magic to become the aspects. So um, the, for, and, and for those five, that was um, a relationship that they revered, that they honored. They were close with Keeper Tier. And as they were establishing their kingdom here in the Dragon Isles, they, they allowed Keeper Tier to build Tearhold, this facility that is kind of at the heart of their kingdom. It's what you see in the cinematic with the beacon. Um, so that was right at the heart of their culture. And so this was a very symbiotic relationship between the dragons and the titans. And as we've seen, some of the flights tapped into, uh, like with the green dragon flight, um, were tied to the Emerald Dream and the reds were tied to the power of life. And so uh, there's there's definitely uh, uh, connections to multiple cosmic forces there. And what we'll see as we come back to the Dragon Isles, again, after so much time has passed, one of the things that the dragons will need to reflect on is what, what does it mean to be tethered to those powers? Is that a good thing or are there downsides to that as well? And should we renew those bonds or should we find a different way forward? But because of all the, the, the perils and the, the dangers that the, the dragons face when they're coming home, um, in Alexstrasza's mind, a driving a goal is for the aspects to regain their power. The, again, that force that they gave up in order to defeat Deathwing. How can they re-empower themselves and become protectors not only of the Dragon Isles, but of the world as well? And so that becomes a, a, a key part of the story that we'll be exploring through the level up campaign. Okay. But uh, though Alex Strother is still there, most of the original aspects have passed away. So we are now left with Alexstrasza and Mirazond, but we have a new leader. Actually, the Blue Dragon Flight itself has been disbanded. The Black Dragon Flight is down to two known Black Dragons. 
So uh, many of these dragon fights are in shambles. Are we going to be seeing like a rebuilding of, even if they don't restore themselves with the Titans, are we going to be seeing a rebuilding of those flights throughout this uh, initial part of the expansion? Yeah, that's, that's again, a huge part of the level up campaign and some of the max level narrative chapters that will unfold as well. So like you, you said it very well, the, the dragon flights as compared to how they once were are in a shambles. Um, Alex Straza still leads the red flight and Nizdormu still leads the bronze, but you know, Nizdormu faced many challenges uh, during Cataclysm where we saw this future self of him turning into Murazond and, and becoming infinite. And so that's, he knows that that is coming at some point, that transformation moment. And that weighs heavily on his mind. And he's having trouble clearly seeing the time ways right now. So there's some things we're going to have to help Nizdormu work through. Um, as you said, Caligos, the blue flight was was almost wiped out and those that survive have scattered. So Caligos comes back to this land that once was once thriving with his people. And instead, there's hardly any of them there. So how does he rebuild that flight? And he was only an aspect for a very short period of time. Remember, his his aspect and his his leader Malagos. Uh, turned very dark indeed and had to be struck down. So that's also a legacy that haunts him and will be part and parcel of his storyline. Um, the the black flights, well, I'll, start, I'll go to the green flight next because they lost their aspect, Isera being killed in Legion. And now she is in Ardenweald in the Shadowlands and she remains bound there. So her daughter, Marithra, has had to try to take up some of that mantle and lead, but she faces questions about herself and her role as well. So the green flight has, has a lot of things to answer and, 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 and explore in their legacy. And then finally the black dragon flight, the most uh, storied of all with, with Neltharian's turn to Deathwing. And as you said, we, we have on Azeroth, we know of Raffian who had a very unusual origin in terms of dragons, you know, and an egg that was kind of a fusion of, of, uh, of eggs and, and experimented on, and he, you know, consumed energy of, of uh, the heart of Leishen and all of that sort of stuff. So he's had a very unusual journey and, and he's made some, some choices that other dragons would find very questionable, I think, in terms of tactics. So he has a lot of questions about him. You have Ebonhorn, Abyssian, who was, uh, you know, had had confined himself mostly to High Mountain and, and living amongst the High Mountain Tauren. Now that he's kind of come out into more of the world, seeing that relationship between him and Raffian build will be a lot of fun and interesting because they both have things to learn from one another. But the, the future of the Black Dragonflight is certainly uh, the most tenuous of all the, the dragon flights right now. So all of those stories will be explored through the, the questing and exploration of dragon flight. And it's going to be really fun to see players be able to delve into all those stories alongside these, these characters that are so beloved and have been such an important part of Warcraft history for so long. Yeah. And it definitely pulls from many chapters throughout world of Warcraft's history from of course, Cataclysm being a big part of it, but um, we did have a lot of dragon lore in, in Wrath of the Lich King as well. Uh, one thing that has, that has been revealed is that we're going to be going in through a non-military um, and non-partisan team where it's going to be both the Reliquary and the Explorers League uh, combining together to usher in both the Horde and the Lions into this new world. 
there have been some prominent members of the Explorers League that have been explored more in Hearthstone, but have started showing up in the World of Warcraft. One of the big ones is, of course, Reno Jackson, who was later on revealed to be a dragon. Now, Hearthstone isn't necessarily canon, but might we see Reno Jackson or some of these Explorer League characters in the new expansion? Well, yeah, we, we have a number of, of uh, recognizable characters on both these sides that uh, have come up either in WoW or in Hearthstone. Um, we haven't rolled all the details of the, uh, as you said, um, Hearthstone has its own canon that goes off in some very fun and interesting directions, and we don't pull all of that back into Warcraft. Um, but we've got some some different characters planned to be part of the Explorers League. Whether whether Reno Jackson and some of the others show up, we'll we'll see. You know, that's there's going to be a lot of updates to the expansion and the Explorers League and the Reliquary who combine their efforts under the banner um, of what they call the Dragon Scale Expedition. Um, they'll be working together for a long time, taking us into new lands to explore in the future patches and updates. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we see more familiar faces showing up in their ranks as time unfolds. And uh, as we're diving into the Isles, of course, there's still a lot that has been happening in Azeroth while we've been absent in, in the Shadowlands. Are we going to be seeing that sort of story move ahead or are we going to be mostly confined to this new area? Yeah, one of the, one of the nice um, things that we got the opportunity to do um, in, in an upcoming patch, 925, for Shadowlands, we'll get to dip our toes back into Azeroth and see some things happening there and, and learn some events that have transpired, some of which have been uh, already previewed by folks on the PTR and some of which haven't yet been. Um, so seeing those storylines unfold will be really fun. And then um, definitely as we're ramping up for Dragon Isles, we'll have pre-patch events that help tell the story of, of what's going on back in Azeroth. And so we'll get to see some of those characters and get to find out what's going on in Stormwind and Orgrimmar, how the Horde has been faring with their new council, how the Alliance has been faring with Turalyon at the helm and what's been different about that since then. So uh, yeah, we'll get that, that slice of life back in the familiar kingdoms of the mortal races before we set off into the Dragon Isles and, uh, and help the dragons with their cause to reclaim their homeland. I am definitely excited for this story, but uh, I'm just going to quickly turn the uh, interview over to a couple of more mechanical questions. Um, part of what we're doing is having crafting being put forward, and not just crafting, but all professions having more prominence. So, with a professional identity, are we going to have to make everything at these work tables, or will there be some things that we can make away from the crafting tables? Um, that's something that we're still kind of debating and working out. We realize that there's, you know, there's, there's big things that people make that are more like one of a kind or, you know, rarer things. And then there's other commodities that you need to make more frequently and might need to make um, with shorter notice, you know, potions for your raid, things like that. So we're certainly keeping that in mind. And, um, you know, we'll look for ways to we really want these crafting stations to feel relevant and like important places to gather in the world, but we also don't want to completely inconvenience players and make them go out of the way. So we'll try to find a balance there. I think I'd say it's still work in progress and it's something that we'll definitely be interested in having people who are playing 
the alpha and the beta beta later um, when those are released um, to get feedback um, because that's something we would definitely respond to based on uh, how our players feel about it. Great. And so then I guess with the big projects and that sort of thing, um, Legion had a lot of professional quests. So when you were getting to the higher levels of expertise, you would do these sort of quests. Are we going to see a re return of any kind of professional quests? Um, we felt like, um, you know, the, the Legion profession quests had some interesting ideas and some of them worked really well. And then some of them weren't, you know, they didn't feel as connected. And so we really wanted to focus on the system side of uh, especially the gathering and crafting professions to really try to revitalize those and come up with some fresh new gameplay for them and focus less on wrapping them inside specific quest lines and things like that. And we really want the systems to stand on their own. You know, that said, I wouldn't rule out in the future something like that, but I think right now the emphasis is on making these systems feel as cool and dynamic as they can and really help you forge your sense of identity as a crafter. And, uh, and we'll see how that feels for the players, again, listening to their feedback. Awesome. Okay. Um, we've heard about the dungeon Uldaman, and it was hinted at before. In the past, we've always had, well, not always, but in general, lately, we've had two expand, or rather two dungeons per zone. Are we looking at a similar thing uh, for the launch of this expansion? Uh, we didn't want to confine ourselves to saying, well, every zone has to have two dungeons in it. Um, so we're not following, that's not a formula that we're following. Some of them do and some of them don't. Um, Uldaman is an example of, you know, that's a, that we know where that is in the world. It's, you know, far off and in the old world. And so this was a chance to uh, revisit uh, a fan favorite dungeon, one of those, you know, or, original dungeons from back in the day. And we get to see it in a new light. And there'll be some familiar parts of it that we'll go into and we'll see brought up to modern fidelity. And it's really amazing to see some of these rooms like the, uh, of course you can't go to Uldaman without seeing the, the map room. Um, and so to see that brought up to modern standards, it's just chef's kiss. It's just such a nostalgia hit, but it looks so good. Um, and then there'll be new parts of the dungeon that we'll venture to as well. And, and what's sending us back here is again, because Alex Straza wants to find a way to, to regain the power of the aspects. Um, she's she knows that Uldaman held the the discs of Norganon back in the day, and she, what she learns is that there were other discs brought there as well. One of which contains some of the knowledge of Keeper Tear, and because Keeper Tear isn't around anymore, that knowledge he holds, she hopes it has some clue in there that might help them. So she's asking adventurers to brave the depths of Uldaman and go in there. Um, but of course, there will be some complications that players will meet along the way, some some uh, some impediments to their progress there. And so we'll have to wait and see how that story unfolds for you once you experience the dungeon yourself. But it was great to go back there. It's a it's a fun location. And and like I said, seeing it, it brought up to this, the the modern styles of art is uh, just really amazing. I, I always love when we go back to those vanilla dungeons and get the revamp. Skullman's revamp was amazing. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, talking about revamps, the talent system is getting a big revamp in this expansion. So the way that it used to work is that your spec was determined purely based on what you had the majority of your talents in. This one, you're going to be choosing your your spec, and that's going to influence it. So I guess the hybridization is going to be coming mostly from your uh, class talent tree. 
how do these two talent trees balance against each other? Are you getting like one talent for one and then for another? Do they interact between each other? Yeah, you'll get two different kinds of points. So there'll be a spec spec points that you can spend on the spec trees and then uh, a class point that you spend in the class trees. And, and a big impetus for that was that our class designers, uh, of course, see how often like in the current talent system, um, when you have something that's competing, you know, that a DPS boost that's competing against some kind of utility, every guide is going to push you towards the DPS boost. And so they wanted to break some of those things off so that you didn't feel like you were making a bad choice just because there was some cool utility or, or class specific kind of flavor that you wanted to pick. We wanted to, to, to move off a lot of those power choices um, into the, the tree that felt most appropriate for them and at that spec level. So that's going to give you a lot of more flexibility. And, and again, wanting to, to encourage um, experimentation and trying different things. That was one of the cool things about the old tree system was for as much as there were always like recommended paths and things like that, every once in a while, someone would find this offbeat combination of things that would suddenly blow up and people would gravitate to and, and be like, oh, this is so fun. This is so different. And we wanted to give some of that feeling back to it as well. So it's it's really fun to see the work that's been done so far. And the, the class team is busy iterating on all those trees and giving lots of flexibility, lots of freedom. Uh, we just think it's going to bring back a lot of fun to that sort of gameplay um for for everyone who enjoyed that feeling that is awesome okay i know you're going to get a lot of questions about the new evoca i will leave that to other interviews but i did want to ask um as we're going from 60 to 70 in this new expansion uh are we going to see some new goodies for the old classes well yeah like we're you we're still continuing uh we loved bringing uh uh class sets back for um eternity's end and that's something that we'll uh, continue to see going forward um we, and the you know the again the the um the revamp of the talent system brings a lot of flavor and choice back to classes that might have felt fairly rigid or static for a while so that in a, you know those things all combine to really bring back a lot of flavor for the classes so yeah you know, people don't have to be uh, jealous of the uh, drag theory voker all the time they'll they'll look plenty of fun new things for their classes to do and they'll have a, a sense of power as they're exploring the dragon isles as well okay well i'm almost out of time so i'm going to ask you one last question uh, what is the new class color for the evokers? <laughs> uh, it is, it's a, a shade of green that's different from the other shades of green. <laughs> and not being an artist, that's about as specific as I can get for you. But it, uh, it does um, read well. They, they, all our artists put a lot of effort into color choices and they know about balance and, and what, you know, all those different elements of color mean and uh, God bless them because that's not my wheelhouse. So I leave it to them, but it looks really good on the, the uh, breakdown of classes when you see them in a raid pane together. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. I know you have a busy day and thank you so much for answering all my questions. It was a pleasure. Thanks for the great questions. Talk to you next time.